When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high-quality meat cooked at home because... Let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high-quality, grass-fed and grass-finished beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code ETM to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking how married life equals more cash. Right, so if you're married, you're probably already thinking, wait a minute, she said married life equals more cash. I don't really even know what she's talking about. Is she insane? Is she hallucinating? Is she going crazy? Yes, it's true. Well, some might say, yes, it's true. I'm going crazy. But yes, it's true that getting married can suck up a lot of extra cash. Just the the uh, art of getting married can really drain your savings account. It is so, so, so expensive. And I'm always going to argue with you that you do not need to spend that much money on your wedding. I know that the peer pressure is high, that all of the bridal magazines, especially for us girls out there, makes us dreamy and want, you know, these ridiculously expensive dresses and, um, you know, these fancy receptions. And look, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
Um, I'd rather you do that on somebody else's dime than your dime. Personally, don't tell your parents or your grandparents or whoever may be paying for your wedding that I said that, but I would rather them pay for it than you, right? Because I actually want you to start out your married life without debt. I I don't want you to have to pay off a $50,000 or $70,000 or $30,000 wedding on top of everything else. It is so super stressful. And, you know, I think that marriage is already fraught with so many hard things. I mean, it's hard. You've got two people, right? And they have two different ways of doing things and they're they're getting fused together. You're getting like thrust together at just like one moment in time and nobody gives you a survival guide. Nobody gives you a toolkit. You're just suddenly, you know, looking at each other like, oh crap, <laughs> we've got to actually figure this stuff out, right? Um, so if you have wedding debt, if you are paying off your wedding, I urge you, please try to pay it off in a year, six months or less. Just really throw everything at it to get that paid off Um, because there's so many more important things that I want you to do with your money. And if you're listening and you're married or you're getting married and you're really struggling with money in your relationship, look, I can offer you all of the empathy, sympathy. Um, I have been there. I've been in every different situation and all I can tell you from, from my wisdom and from working with other couples is just that, and I've worked with hundreds, maybe even thousands of couples. This is kind of one of my specialties. And what I can tell you is there's going to be good days and there's going to be not so good days. And, and that's kind of the best that it gets, right? There's a lot of people that are say, oh, we've never fought about money. We would never fight about money, but I guarantee you there's going to come one point in time where you will, like something's going to happen. And, and, and those are the things that you need to be really prepared for. So I always say, look, you can't change whoever you married. I I know that maybe you might want to think that you can change that person, but you can't. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm just going to break it to you now. You cannot change that person. All right. You can help them become a better person. You can help them become the person that they need in life to, to fulfill all of the things that they need to do, but you can't change them. And I think that's where so many people get stuck is, you know, well, only if they did this, this way or that way, right? No, we, we can't do that. That is where it is fraught with so much hardship. It is where all the fights are going to come from. Instead, what I'm going to tell you to do is to play into your strengths. You have strengths, your spouse has strengths, Right play into those. If your spouse is excellent at putting together Excel spreadsheets and is detailed and loves tracking the money, then that person should be the CEO of your family finances, right? Not that you don't play an important role, but heck, you got better strengths. You got other strengths, right? Maybe your strengths are that you are really good about putting all the financial documents together. Maybe your strengths are that you are a ninja when you go grocery shopping, right? You can stick to that budget like nobody's business. You are brilliant at credit card points. Whatever your strengths are, that is what you're playing for, all right? Not the weaknesses. And that's the problem that I see is, is we want to just throw the weaknesses in and then, then, then all of these crazy fights break out. So I'm just going to really encourage you to just think about what are your strengths? What are your spouse's strengths and play to those? All right. And try on different roles. If at first it doesn't fit, then go, okay, well, let's try a different role. 
I also really encourage you to make a commitment to weekly money dates. And and I know <laughs> um, there's a lot of pushback about this idea, but I promise you it works really well. And, and all it needs is like 15 minutes. That's it. Like every week, right? And do whatever works for you. If it's while you're, you know, cooking Sunday breakfast, maybe while it's you're out on a walk with your spouse, um, maybe it's, you know, after you finish watching TV Friday nights, like whatever you need to do, just have a little regrouping, right? Here's where we're at. Here's the week going forward. We got it. Good, good. High fives. Go team go. That's what it takes, right? And also in those money dates, like maybe there's something that really pissed you off during the week, right? And you've been holding it inside of you and you could just feel it like it it's ready to explode. Those are the things you need to defuse and you need to defuse fast. And the best way to do it, and trust me, I have learned through trial and error this, the best way to do it is just to come out and say in that weekly money day, hey, look, this is what bothered me this week. I just got to get it off my chest. And there is always a way to solve it. Maybe your spouse doesn't even know that they were doing this crazy thing that is literally causing the hairs on the back of your head to to stand up every second of the day this week. You get where I'm going with this, right? Be honest, be transparent, give the same respect to your spouse. And I promise you, it's going to do a lot in, in causing those money fights to go away. But we're on this podcast, we're talking about married life with more cash more cash. And there are many ways to achieve this more cash in your marriage. And I'm going to talk about a few of my favorites. So insurance. All right. Sounds like a boring subject, right? But combining insurance, your your spouse and you together can save you a lot of money. Car insurance, bundling your policies, bundling them with homeowners insurance, renters insurance, All of those things together is going to save you a lot of money. So if you have separate car insurance policies, I want you to check and see what it will cost or save you is hopefully what will happen in pulling them all together. And a lot of times like you get married and you have everything separate and you're like, I want it separate. I don't want anything combined, but I'm going to tell you combining things is going to lead to more cash. It's just proven. Also health insurance. So you get married, right? You each have your own health insurance plan. I want you to shop and find which plan might be a better fit for your budget because maybe you go and add on to your spouse's plan. Maybe they go and add on to yours, right? Or maybe not. Maybe you keep them separate. So it really just depends on where you work. Um, If you're self-employed, it may be more cost-effective for you to go on your spouse's plan unless you can write off your health insurance and then, heck, keep your health insurance, right? But I want you to remember with the Affordable Care Act, you've got 30 days to make a change once you're married, right? So normally there is this open enrollment time, which is going on right now. I just did a podcast about it. So if you have questions about that, go check out the podcast from last week. But um, normally you can only make changes during this period, right? Well, getting married, having a baby, things like that qualifies for an exemption. And so you've got 30 days, 30 days. So the minute you say I do, right, the clock starts ticking. All right, number two, cell phone to the rescue. You can normally save about $100 to $300 a year if you get a family plan. And there are tons of discounts. There's alumni association discounts. Um, there's lots of different discounts depending on, um, where you work, the activities you're involved in, where you went to school, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure when you're calling into the phone carrier to get the best rate that you ask, you know, Hey, are there any discounts, right? 
What's the worst that could happen? They say no. This is what I'm trying to teach you. Always ask the question. Always, 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 right? And you're also going to ask, hey, is this the best plan? Can I save money? Are there any uh, discounts I can get? Always ask the question. Um, And if you haven't shaken up your cell phone plan and in the last year, I want you to shake it up. I want you to negotiate for a better deal because there's one out there right now just waiting for you. In fact, I just renegotiated or negotiated, I should say, I call it renegotiated because my cell phone carrier doesn't notice that I do this like three or four times a year. (laughs) I keep thinking they're going to be like, oh, Shauna, we know her. She calls in all the time and negotiates, but they never do. Um, I just negotiated and uh, we saved 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. I like it, right? We got a better plan and we got 20 bucks a month all because I asked the question. All right, number three, your tax return. There is so many questions about taxes and tax returns and being self-employed and what can you write off and what can you not write off and et cetera, et cetera. So as we roll into the new year, we're going to do a lot of podcasts um, about taxes, about what you should do with your tax return, um, you know, kind of demystify all of those things. So make sure if you have questions about taxes that you go over to your millennialmoney.com, go to the contact and submit a question for me so I can make sure that I cover it. But when you get married, you want to file jointly, married filing jointly. And the reason why you want to do this is because you can claim a much higher standard deduction and couples who file together can usually deduct two exemption amounts from their income and they might qualify for multiple tax credits. And remember, tax credits are like gold. They're like the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Tax credits are a beautiful, beautiful thing. There's a couple out there. There's an earned income tax credit, um, American Opportunity and Lifetime Learning. There's both educational tax credits. Um, There's exclusion and credit for adopting. And there's also child and dependent care tax credit. So um, make sure that you look those up. I'll make sure and I put links in um, links. Apparently that's a hard word for me to get out. (laughs) I'll put links in the show notes to all those tax credits. So make sure you check those out. But joint filers, they mostly receive higher income thresholds as well for certain taxes and deductions. So that just means that you can earn a larger amount of money and potentially qualify for certain tax breaks. So it's a real win-win. There are seldom any reasons why you would want to go married filing separately. Um, So just make sure that you um, make that change when you go to file uh, coming up next year, all right? All right, then we've got a credit card uh, building, and we've got two people now, right? So we can essentially have dual credit card strategy kind of working where we're building points. Maybe one person's got the credit cards with the points, the other person's got the cards with the cash back. Um, Remember also our tip of 30% utilization. So this is in order to keep our score super, super high and super, super good. We're aiming to not use more than 30% of the available credit on any credit card. If we got to go up to 50%, fine, not a big deal, right? But 30% is really our bang, bang goal. And that's really where the credit, um, the credit companies are going to be like, okay, they've got good credit status and your score is really going to be boosted. Also, if one of the spouses has a lower credit score, they can become the authorized user on the other person's credit cards to really help boost up their credit. So Listen, this is another thing that I see a lot when I work with couples. Please don't shame your spouse. Don't make them feel bad if they've got bad credit or they're not as fiscally responsible as you are. Um, 
this is not a blame game, right? The minute you get married, they're your partner. Like it or not, they're in this with you. And so really your job, if if you have good credit and you've been really smart with your money, your job is to help lift up that other person. And unfortunately, I see I see the the counter of that happen all the time. And and I just think, my God, like imagine where you could be if you both actually worked together as a team and helped each other out. So I really encourage you to do that as well. All right, student loans, right? <laughs> this is a big reason why I caution you not to come into your marriage with wedding debt because probably nine out of 10 times you're gonna come in, one of you is gonna come in with some sort of student loan debt. Um, So there's this cool company called Purify. I'll put the link in the show notes, but you can actually combine your student loans. You can refinance them and combine them into one payment. It's the only company that I've seen that is doing this. It's kind of a really interesting idea. Um, Might save you some money. If you're paying over 7% interest and you've got a good credit score, 700 plus, I would really suggest looking into refinancing. Uh, SoFi, I've talked a lot about. Uh, Prosper is another great option. There are a lot of companies out there um, offering you ways to refinance. We just chatted with Student Loan Hero, Andy, the CEO of Student Loan Hero, Andy, last week. And, um, you know, they've got some great resources at looking at refinancing as well. But if you can save some money on your student loans, you know, then you can use those funds for other things. You can pay off credit card debt. You can save that money. You can start investing. Um, Maybe you save it towards your travel fund, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but also know your pros and cons before you refinance. So if you're on one of these income driven repayment plans where you're, you know, um, set up to have your student loan forgiven, make sure that you really think about refinancing before you do it. And it's a toss up. Um, some people are like, "Ah, I'm going to throw away the student loan forgiveness thing because I'd rather, you know, instead of a 7% interest rate, have a 4% interest rate and I'm going to pay them off super fast anyway. So that's not a bad strategy. It just really depends on where you're at, where your finances at. Um, always make sure when you first get married, you do a budget together with both of you, right? And you're both looking at it and you're both looking at the numbers. And I think a lot of times people come into marriage and they're, I don't know, maybe, you know, fearful for their credit card debt or mistakes they've made or loans they've gotten or things like that. And again, look, I cannot say this enough. When you come into marriage, you're a partner, right? That person is on your team. You're playing for the same team. You're wearing the same jersey and you're going to win or lose together. So, you know, if you're the partner who does not have a lot of debt, um, help the other person, my God, help figure out a strategy to get this debt paid off. Cause you know what? It's your debt now too, right? You got married, you got into this, unless you have some sort of prenup or some sort of arrangement, you got in this together, right? And so I just really want to cultivate this community of, of, of spouses helping spouses. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can, we can do this, you know, we can do this smartly and we can really kind of cultivate these amazing partnerships and and marriages so that we're not part of that 50% statistic or wherever, whatever it is, wherever you live. I know in Los Angeles, it's 50%, 50%, 50% divorce rate. Um, and a lot of times it has to do with either sex or money and money is a huge driver behind it. All right. Lastly, we're just going to talk about benefits. So 
marriage is just this good time to think about lots of things like life insurance. Um, And I always get the question like, well, how much life insurance should I have? And I always tell you to aim somewhere between about 10%, 10%, 10 times is what I mean, not 10%, <laughs> 10 times uh, your income to provide for your spouse, right? So um, if you're making $100,000, I would probably tell you to get somewhere around, you know, a million dollars, maybe a million and a half. And I know that sounds like a lot of money. And you're like, oh, I don't want to, if something happens to me, I'm not going to leave my spouse a million dollars. But what I want you to do is think about it this way. When you get married, right, everything up levels. So you have more expenses, you have more income that you're working with. And so if that other spouse, if there was something to happen to that other spouse, right, you need to kind of carry on that lifestyle that you're leaving at least for a while. And so that extra income helps with that, right? It's not like you're going to go out with a million bucks, you're going to buy a yacht and you're going to sail around the world. You might, but chances are you're going to use that income every year and you're going to um, invest it wisely and you're going to live off the interest so that that money lasts a really long time. And that's why you should think of much bigger multiples when you think about life insurance. Uh, my friends over at Haven Life, they are a great place to shop for uh, term life insurance online. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. But term life insurance, it's cheap when you're young and you're healthy and getting married, there's no better time to actually think about that. And lastly, just think about employee benefits. What does your spouse have for employee benefits? You know, maybe there's like employee benefits that you're not using. Maybe you have access to a gym or a travel discounts or some sort of a special savings program or employee stock purchase program or whatever it may be. Really check out like, okay, what are those hidden benefits that maybe I haven't been using that now, you know, being married makes sense to use. And also it's a great time. Like if you can step up your 401k contributions as high as you possibly can now that you're married, especially if they're matching, your company is matching your contributions. This is a great way for both of you to really supercharge your savings. And um, gosh, in a few years, you're going to be like so thankful that you did because the money starts just rolling when you've got two people and they're contributing the max, plus they're getting a match. Um, it, we just start getting into crazy numbers, right? That's how you hit that a million dollar savings mark, you know, really quickly. All right. So again, I just want to encourage you to rethink about money and marriage. And hopefully this podcast has given you some pause to think about like, hey, I'm going to go back to my spouse. You know what? And we're going to talk about our strengths. We're not going to talk about our weaknesses. And we're going to, um, you know, look into these, some of these things and uh, we're going to figure out how we can have more cash rather than, than not have more cash because that's what, that's what we all want, right? So um, I am just going to give a shout out to all of the amazing marriages out there. Everybody who's listening, who's engaged, who just got married, who's been married for a while, keep at it, keep working. It is so worth it. And don't let money get in the way of things. All right. As always, follow me on Twitter at Shauna Graham and Instagram at millennial underscore money. 